Welcome back for another episode of Counting the Stars. I'm Mary Gillum, and I'm here for morning coffee with my husband, Malone Gillum, where we ponder and discuss the big questions of life. Who are we? Why are we the way we are? What is truth and what is fiction? And just as endless as the stars in the sky are, our exploration never runs out of new questions and discoveries. So grab a cup of coffee for yourself if you like, and join us as we dive into what's unfolding this week. Let's focus in on seeing a little more of life and truth and do some growing up together as family. Here we go. Okay, we are into October. We can literally count the stars right now. It's still <laughs> dark outside. I know we have begun the the real fast switch. The days are getting shorter. It's getting colder. I'm trying not to panic. <laughs> Mary is um, one of the. She suffers from the seasonal malaise when it gets cold. <laughs> I get cold. Her temperament gets a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> There's an adjustment period for sure. <laughs> I did notice you offered, I think you did turn on heat in the house. Yesterday I, I was so grateful. Yeah, just a little bit of heat goes a long way. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, here's one thing that, that I want to at least start with. And I don't know, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, um, I don't know a lot about how the brain works, but here's one thing that I know is helpful, especially in what we're all walking through right now in this pandemic and this election season and things are turned a little upside down around us. And there's so much pulling our attention to focus on that. Um, and the media knows how to uh, use their position in their best way to, to really maintain our attention towards that. Um, and they're just doing their job. I'm not blaming them. But... Um, I'm just thinking of the benefits of reminding ourselves of truths that help right now, that's, that bring us balance and bring us peace, and how easily we forget. Um, and, and I don't want to say shame on us for forgetting. I think, I think we're human and that happens no matter what. But what I want to focus on and, and encourage us all with is the importance of returning to those beautiful truths of the gospel, of the fact that we are not abandoned by God in the middle of crisis, and that He is present to give us comfort and give us rest from our fatigue. Yeah. Um, so as you were opening up here, 
I begin to think, you know, are we talking about kind of the same thing every week now? Um, and in many respects, I think we are. Uh, and a lot of that is because this is the climate in front of us, right? This is this is the water we're swimming in, and we will be for the next month or so. Um, so if you're out there listening by chance and you're like, oh my gosh, here they go again, I get it. It's, it, it is like the news cycle. You can hardly escape it. Um, but we can't, I don't think ignoring it out of hand is probably the right thing to do. So we address it, and uh, I agree with you, Mary, to you know, reframe our, uh, our days in the truth of the gospel, which supersedes all of our circumstances uh, and doesn't negate them. So let me be clear, we still feel the effects of our circumstances. Uh, this isn't a game of denial where mm-hmm. we just say, oh, well, God's got everything in control and it doesn't affect me. Yeah. Well, it does affect me and it affects you and it affects everybody. Um, we live in a, a tangible material world and, and decisions have consequences as uh, elections have consequences, <laughs> as they love to say. <laughs> well, so do our decisions. Uh, so we do talk about it because it is a reality with which we have to uh, navigate or engage, and we want to do it in the most sane way possible. Um, so, yeah, reframing our days that the, the, the Lord is with us, but doesn't just beam us up, Scotty, out of the middle of it, but actually goes through it with us is good to remember. Yeah. It is. It occurs to me um, often when I see this happening in the church and um, portrayed by Christians that they can, or, well, I won't, take myself out of this equation completely sometimes we can take the stance of well everything's going to be great god is faithful i'm blessed <laughs> i'm happy i'm i'm an overcomer um and while that's that can be very true and and sometimes that can be an honest um report from people the the relief to me is in the middle of of the fatigue and of the grief and you know and confusion and fear and doubt that we can come to a god who doesn't judge us for for feeling those things or being those things and is just waiting to embrace us and help us um, and offer all of the nature um, that he is to us Um, and i I don't know that the church represents that side of things as well as it could. Yeah, it makes me think again, the posture of I can be an overcomer and almost act like I have Teflon. You know, we have to remember who wrote those words. Uh, The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, 
so if anyone embodied being an overcomer, he certainly did. But it didn't change his circumstances. He was taken to Rome and executed. (laughs) And he was still an overcomer because he knew his life was reframed in the gospel. He knew the gospel. Being an overcomer doesn't mean that you change your circumstances and that all of a sudden, you know, everything's going my way. Um, It's that you know a greater truth uh, that brings you peace Mm -hmm. and that regardless of what they do to the body, they can't harm the soul or the spirit. So, yeah, it's it's an understanding, the transcendent identity we have as children of God. Um, And that's the overcoming that we get to embody is in the midst of the mudslinging and the finger pointing and the name calling and the red states and the blue states and uh, and the fact that the those together have just made it a black country as far as black equating to dark, mm-hmm. not not a racial comment. Um, that you know we still have a truth that's greater than those truths. And yet, we have to engage what's in front of us. And we want to do it, obviously, as uh, graciously as we can because the world, the hurting world around us, our neighbors, they need the light of Christ at the moment to help them reframe. Um, And any way that we can be a part of that is a glorious thing. Yeah, that's a real opportunity for true evangelism, right? That there's no way it can happen until um, we participate in that comforting and in that rest of God and then go back in and participate in the world from that from that place and people see it. Not that we're necessarily trying to evangelize, but we're just um, enjoying the the fruit of of knowing God. Yeah, and I think you know just to jump on what you said, I think we are trying to evangelize when we remember the meaning of the word, and it's simply a bringer of good news. Mm. We do want to bring good news to our neighbors. That doesn't equate to what we think of it typically as you know, conversion, I got to make you sign a card for membership into the church. Yeah, that's, that's just horse hockey. I mean, that that has become the goal of so many churches. Um, well, it, it's sad. It, it makes me want to cry for the church because the church has lost its way so badly when that becomes of any importance. Um, it's simply about sharing the light the goodness of God with our neighbor without some contractual binding involved in it. That's just garbage. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the way of the world, right? If, if we can get you to sign on the dotted line, then we've achieved success. Well, yeah, it makes us feel... Like we have some control, it 
boosts our ego. If we're the one getting you to sign, well, then look what I did. You know, that must be another star in my crown. Of my, my mansion on the hill's a little closer to the, you know, important folks. And, um, yeah, it's, it's totally self-serving nonsense. It's just nonsense. It's no wonder people have fled the churches and the generation coming up called the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, because whenever you ask them what their religion is, they say none. It's no wonder. They look at the church and they say, this is a complete farce. Um, the things that you people uh, think are important uh, are tearing us apart. And their critique, while it's not 100% correct, there's a lot of it that is correct. Mm. And the, frankly, the church needs to be willing to hear those words and in the true meaning of the word to repent to metanoia to see again to reframe to say yeah we've we've misused uh and mis you know appropriated the goodness that we've been given for our own ends Yeah, I applaud our younger generation because they're so astute and they're so um, quick to recognize religion, <laughs> empty religion, uh, and they walk away from it. They want nothing to do with it. Um, I agree. The caveat I would put in there is uh, I've heard too many people heralding the younger generation as uh, being really prophetically wise. That's true on the one hand, but on the other, they're immature still. Mm. And so you you have to um, nuance some of this. Uh, not everything they say is said with the experience or wisdom of having lived a bit longer so um anyway i just i think it's another don't get into dualistic thinking and say well whatever the younger generation says about religion must be right well mm. no they've got a lot of growing up to do as well right right i do i am challenged and i am super interested in navigating relationship with uh, we've got four daughters in that generation I guess our oldest is kind of not necessarily in that group that we're, that we're speaking of directly but close um, but I love the open door for for growth in myself and communicating mm -hmm. what's what's truth without using churchy words and honestly from my heart what am i sharing with them and how, wh why is it meaningful and why is it why does it matter for them and um and they're quick to you can tell if they don't you know if they sense um anything artificial or anything that's that is not completely honest, um, and that's that's a good challenge. That that makes me 
dive deeper into my own spirituality like why why do I use that term and what does it mean to me and maybe it's not the best term anymore if if it's not relatable and it is empty of of flesh then let's let's adjust let's find stuff that that is better and I don't mean to throw out language per se but Having meaningful conversations with every generation is is so important. You know, one of the things that that makes me consider not only for our own growth and our own peace of mind, frankly, but what our country seems to be lacking uh, a great deal of these days is humility. Mm. So as you talk about our daughters and being willing to listen to them, that takes some humility on a parent, for a parent, for you and me, for uh, those who think they know better to be willing to listen. And of course, the reverse is true. It takes some humility for a teenager to not believe their parents are idiots and for them to listen. So Humility goes a long way to um, opening ourselves up for the potential of growth. Uh, um, And that's a scary thing to do Mm. because we invest so much in the things that we think uh, moor us to reality, the things that we are the, the scaffolding or the skeleton of that holds things up, the structure of our beliefs. And we don't like to expose those things. Um, but yet, the only way to grow is to expose them. And sometimes they have to be either repaired or taken out completely because we've just learned things that were incorrect. And that's, that is probably one of the most sad things. Uh, walking through these days uh, you know as we began this podcast talking about the things going on around us and that we're talking about the same things and I know people out there because I've spoken with a number of them are tired you know they're just so weary of what's going on and I am too uh, I think what exacerbates is is the lack of humility uh, that we see just that I'm right and even when you point out factually that I'm wrong I don't care because I'm right (laughs) so what you saw was an illusion or you misinterpreted it uh, but it can't be true because I'm right so if you point out something that shows that I'm not right well that's not right Uh, that was a trick and it's fake and and that's just infuriating right it's uh it's like the world has become a a fun house, but it's no fun. <laughs> I mean, Love me out. <laughs> we're in there with all these mirrors that show, you know, I'm taller or skinnier or fatter and, and mazes and, and misdirections. And that's no way to live life. I mean, that's just, that's, um, that's tragic and it's false. 
and we've got to discover humility again to where we're willing to admit, yep, I was completely wrong. I blew it. Mm-hmm. And I will uh, hopefully learn from this and reorient the way I'm doing this. But until that happens, it's just um, spoiled kids in a fun house. And what are the couple of best ways for that to be initiated, that uh, beautiful walk into humility? Boy, what a good question. Um, Well, what comes to my mind, number one, is, again, something we talked about at the beginning if we have heard or if we know the good news and our lives have been reframed in that then we know uh, that God cares for us despite our ignorance sometimes and that we can risk being wrong Mm -hmm. Uh, and we can you know we don't lose anything Uh, in fact it's an opportunity for growth so when we know our identity is secure in God then we're not having to scramble and paint these facades that I've always got it together. So that's one thing. The other way, uh, which is not a preferable way, is uh, complete, maybe not complete, but um, humiliation. I mean, <laughs> to to be exposed, you know, uh, with such undeniable proof that, yeah, you've got nowhere else to stand. That's obviously not a way that any of us want to experience um, the acquiring of humility. But sometimes it is humiliation uh, that will do that to us. Pride comes before a fall. Yeah. The greater the fall, <laughs> the greater the humility that, you know, can spring from it, maybe. You hope, yeah. Yeah. One hopes. But even better, like, uh, like again, this, this discussion started with, why not just return to truth daily or many times a day? Or whenever you think of it, return to the truth that goodness we're all human beings who are dependent on thankfully a really really gracious god family well and absolutely and it's how the phrase in scripture now makes sense in light of this entire conversation that it's in our weakness that we're made strong Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. it's when we're vulnerable and we don't try to you know, put on the strong front and, you know, I'm in charge, everything's okay. Um, But whenever we're vulnerable, it's in those moments that we actually find strength. So that's it. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to say, I don't know. (laughs) It's not the worst thing in the world. All right, off we go into another week. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for sharing your time with us today. We hope you feel encouraged and included in all of these discussions. Above all, 
We really want you to know that you matter. And we're all really just one big family. So until next week, keep noticing your stars. Enjoy your freedom to explore life and just take it one step at a time. Peace.